So I'm curious, does anyone else have a ongoing war happening in your mind? Anyone have those feelings or that moment where, I don't know about you, but so often I battle, uh, I have this battle going on in my mind, this battle between thoughts of faith and thoughts of fear. And I want to trust God and I want to believe that God knows what's best, but so often I always want, I also want control, right? Like, I want to be the one in control. And what I'm discovering is this. I'm discovering that the mind is a battlefield. The mind is a battlefield, and most of life's battles are won and lost in your minds. Today, we're starting a brand new sermon series called uh, Winning the War in Your Mind. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some strategies to win the war that's going on inside of our minds so often. And but before we do, I want to invite you to pray with me and let's pray that God's spirit would uh, be with us and join us in in our discussion this morning. Would you just pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. And God, I thank you that your word is such good news for each and every one of us. And Father, my prayer this morning is that you would remove the scales from our eyes. God, you'd unplug our ears. You would even soften our hearts so that we could see, hear, and know exactly what it is that you have for us this morning. Because Lord, I believe with all of my heart that you have a message for each and every one of us. In your name we pray, amen. So welcome back again, and I wanna say welcome again to all of those that are worshiping with us online. And And the mind, the mind truly is a battlefield. It's a battlefield, and I believe with all of my heart that most of life's battles are won or lost in our minds. But the good news, the good news is that God's word is powerful, right? Like God's word is powerful and it's not just to help you. God's word is not just here to help us, but God's word is here to transform our lives. It's here to transform and to renew our minds with truth. That God's word is powerful and it's powerful because it renews our minds and it transforms our lives. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to try and get into the mind of the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, you may have heard of him before. He wrote most of the New Testament beyond the Gospels. So if you move beyond the Gospels and Acts, a lot of the books following that uh, are due to him. And, 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 And in many ways, Paul was the ultimate thought warrior. Like he... He knew that there was a battle going on in his mind, and there was a battle going on over his thoughts. And when you look at his life, and we see in the end of Acts, we see the story of how he became a follower of Jesus. But then as you watch him mature over time, as you read the books that he had written, the letters that he had written to the churches that he had planted, we see that Jesus renews his mind over and over and over and in Romans chapter 7, we remember the thing, it's a, it's a passage that we love to quote, and it's a passage that we like to relate to because he said in Romans 7, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. Anyone can relate to that? Most of us can. Most of us at some point or another think, man, why do I do the things I don't want to do, and why can't I seem to do the things I want to do? And it almost seems crazy but we're going to watch Paul as he matures and progresses through life in ministry. 
And we're going to see as he learns to wage war against the lies that are constantly attacking his mind. And we're going to see him capture every wrong thought. And we're going to see him replace those wrong thoughts with truth and win the war in his mind. And so here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, let me just invite you to open them up or your Bible app to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And just beginning in verse 3. And here's what Paul says. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. So the Greek word for power, so we see him use the word power in this passage, and the Greek word for the word power is the word dunamis. And so uh, dunamis, it means the explosive, miraculous power of God. So if you were to look it up in a Greek dictionary, you would see that it was defined as this uh, miraculous power of God. It's the word that we get our word dynamite from. So when you see the word dynamite, it's the same word as the Greek word dunamis. And Paul says that the weapons that we fight with, the weapons that God has given us, have explosive power to demolish strongholds. And so we have this miraculous power within us, the weapons that God has given us to demolish the strongholds in our lives. Now, strongholds is another word that we don't use very often. It's not a word that is common to our language. It's not one that we often uh, find ourselves using every day. And basically, it's like a military fortress. When you think of stronghold, think of a military fortress. Maybe think of a castle in the middle of a city, and this fortress or this castle was surrounded by a wall. And oftentimes, in, in, in biblical times, and ancient times, that wall would have been 20 feet thick. Think about that. Not 20 inches, but 20 feet thick. So that wall was this massive wall that was used to keep things out, right? And so it's where military officials, so uh, the stronghold is where maybe military officials would go uh, during a war to keep themselves safe. That's where the king would go to keep himself safe. Uh, that's where the prisoners were kept, uh, guards to keep the enemies from coming and to uh, get them or break them out of jail. And so there's these strongholds. And the devil, uh, our spiritual enemy, loves to attack our minds. And it loves to attack our minds. That's why he's called the father of lies, because he loves to attack our minds, and he loves to create strongholds of lies in our minds. So you believe something that's untrue, and it takes you away from God's calling on your life. We spent the last six weeks talking about uh, the life that you have, that you have a life that is on purpose, a purpose, a life that God's given you, a purpose. And, and, and what the father of lies, what the evil one loves to do is loves to plant these untrue thoughts in your mind. And when those untrue thoughts take up residence in your minds, it takes you away from God's calling on your life. And that's what the devil does. Satan loves to reshape your thinking one lie at a time until you're prisoners to his lies. So the evil one loves to build these strongholds in our lives and in our thought lives. He tells you things like this, you can't trust people. 
He'll, he'll, he'll plant that lie that you, you'll never succeed. He'll tell you you'll always be broke. He'll tell you you're never going to have a good marriage. He'll whisper in your ear, you know what? God really doesn't have time to listen to your prayers. He doesn't hear them anyway. Or he'll tell you God doesn't care about you. He's too busy. He's got other things to think about. He doesn't have time to think about you. The father of lies loves to whisper in your ear, you'll never make a difference or you'll never amount to anything. And those are all lies. And so the question that we want to ask is how do we do battle in our minds? Like how do we win the war that's being waged in our thought life? Well, Paul tells us in verse 5, if you continue to read in 2 Corinthians, he tells us there's going to be a war and we don't fight with, uh, and, and we have the power to demolish strongholds. And then here's what he says in verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You see, today we're launching this new message series, and it's based on a book, Greg Rochelle's book called Winning the War in Your Mind. And, uh, and I've been reading this book, and, and, and we're gonna, um, I'm going to cover the basics of this book uh, for us this morning, but the book goes into so much more detail about winning the war in your mind, and I would love today... Uh, before we go any further, I'd love to give a couple of these books away because I would love to encourage you to read these book, read this book. Uh, if you're struggling with your thought life, if you're struggling with, with uh, lies and believing lies in your mind, this book is a great book that takes the truth of God's word and helps you to unpack it. And so I want to give uh, two of these books away today. And here's what I want to do. I want to give, um, uh, do we have any first-time guests today? If you're a first-time guest, do we have any first-time guests? They're not going to raise their hands, I bet. It's okay. It's all right. You don't have to. Um, who would like a book? Who would love to read this book? So I see Paige hands. I saw your hand first. So I'm going to give you one. And uh, I'm going to go back here. And I saw uh, this hand second, so I'm going to give you one. So there you go. And uh, let's give them a hand. They get a, a, I hope you'll read it. I hope you'll read it. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I got two more. Let's just give away all of them. So uh, who else wants a book? Who wants Mary, I saw your hand. And Wendell, I saw your hand. So we'll give, Mary, we'll give Wendell. And, uh, and I want book reports by you four by next week. All right? So double-spaced, uh, Romans, 12-point uh, font, uh, double-spaced, 10 pages, no less. All right. So you didn't know you were getting that, but uh, yeah, no. So, so here's the deal, waging the war in your mind. Uh, and, uh, and like I said, we're just going to go over the basics and some basic steps that Craig Grishel outlines in this book. But I also want to uh, encourage you, you can get the book on Amazon. You can find it used for really cheap. And uh, I encourage you to go grab the book. This one's mine. You're not getting this one. Sorry. Um, so, so are you ready? Are you ready to wage a war in your mind? Anyone ready to wage a war in our mind? Anyone? If you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. All right, Cool. So in this book, Rochelle says this, and I love this. He says, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought, right? Our lives, your and mine, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And, and I'm finding this to be so true in my life. And as I've been thinking about this and digesting this, uh, I, I, here's what I'm learning, that we tend, what we tend to think comes out in our life, Right? 
what we tend to think comes out in our lives. And both science and God's word both agree with that sentence, that what we think tends to come out in our lives. And if you study this thing, it's a real fancy word called cognitive behavior psychology. If you were to study cognitive behavior psychology, it will tell you that a lot of problems that we have are actually related to wrong thought processes. That it's our thinking, uh, that our thinking gets us into these places and these challenges in our lives. So like relational challenges, even eating disorders, addictions, and some forms of anxiety are actually a direct result of toxic thinking or what I like to call stinking thinking. Can everybody say stinking thinking? So I learned stinking thinking from one of my mentors. His name is Larry. Uh, Larry, I talk about Uncle Larry all the time. He's, he's like just been in my life for so long. And he would always tell me, Rick, that's stinking thinking. And I'm like, I know. And he'd say, you can't do that, like stinking thinking. And so that's what, what happens is that so often, so many of the things that we struggle with in our lives is because of stinking thinking. And, uh, and, that's, and God's word even agrees with that because science says that, but God's word uh, agrees with it and puts it this way. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, he says these words. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, the life we have is often a reflection of the thoughts that we think. Just let that soak in for a minute. That the, the, word, the, 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 um, the, the thoughts that we have, our life is often a reflection of what we think about. And so science and Bible both agree that what we think determines who we become. What we think determines who we become. And so if you tend to think you can't do something, chances are you won't be able to do that thing that you're thinking about. If you think you can, by the grace of God, you probably will. If you dwell on your problems, if you continue to count your problems in your life, the world is bad, it's only getting worse, your problems will probably overwhelm you. Like if that's what you're constantly thinking, you'll probably be overwhelmed by that. But if you look for some solutions, if you believe that you can have faith and that you'll find some solutions, you'll see that your faith will rise up above the struggles that you have. If you always feel like you're a victim, chances are you'll become a victim. If instead you believe that you can overcome by the power of Jesus within you, guess what? You will overcome. And Grishel argues that the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. And what I want to do today is I want to encourage us to do this. I want to encourage you to just stop. I want to encourage you to just stop and think about what you think about. Let me just invite you to do that this week, to just take some time and pause and stop and think about what it is that is consuming your thought life. What would you say? Like if I said, hey, let's do an audit on your thought life. What would you say about your thought life? What would it look like? Like, like would, you characterize, would your thought life be more characterized by worry or would it be more characterized by peaceful thoughts? Would your thought life, uh, do your thoughts drift towards the negative or do they drift toward the positive? Do you wake up and find yourself negative and critical of the people around you, assuming the worst instead of believing the best? Do you look at your day and do you say, man, today is really going to suck? I mean, is that how you think about your thought life? Or do you wake up with a positive faith? Do you wake up and even if things are going to be difficult, you say to yourself, you know what? 
Even though today is going to be difficult, I know that Christ is with me. He helps me to overcome, and things may be difficult in the world, and things may not be the way I want the world to be, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a God who is working in all things to bring about good for those who are called according to his purpose. What would typify, typify your thought life? Do a, do, just do a thought audit this week. Just think about what are consuming my thoughts? What is it that I am constantly thinking about? And are my thoughts positive? Are they negative? Are they uplifting? Are they, are they tearing people down? Are they, how are my thoughts? What do they look like? Are your thoughts more worldly? Or do they drift toward the things that last forever? Are you more concerned with what you have, what you wear, what you uh, look like, or who, looked at, who liked your posts, or how many followers you have, or what everybody thinks about you? Is that what consumes your thought life? Or maybe your thoughts are a little more eternal. Like maybe God has given you a life to steward. That's how you look at your life, and, and he's given me spiritual gifts to use, and so I'm going to use them. What, have you, uh, what, ha- what you have is actually... Uh, used to be invested uh, for the glory of God to make a difference in the world and the lives of the people around you. What would you say characterizes your thought life? Because what you think about matters more than you could ever imagine. What you think about impacts your life in more ways than you could ever imagine. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. You've heard the phrase garbage in, garbage out, right? Well, here's the reality is what you allow to come into your thought life comes out in the rest of your life. No matter what you do or what you have or who you know or what you buy or where you live or where you travel, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. That's just the truth. You can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You're going to hear that a lot. You're going to hear that a lot. And if that's true, I hope that you're excited. I I wonder, are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited about the direction of your life that your thoughts are taking you? And if I thought about that, I, I thought about that question And I thought, you know, if I were to ask myself, I would probably honestly have to say, not all the time. Like, not all the time. Like, if my thoughts are directing my life, and I look specifically at my thoughts, I don't always like the direction that my thoughts are taking me. I don't always like the direction. Sometimes I'm consumed with negativity. Sometimes I'm consumed with fear. Sometimes I'm consu- my inner dialogue is often discouraging myself and talking down to myself and saying things like, Rick, you're no good, you stink, you're ugly, you're fat, you're out of shape, and my thought life takes over. So I have invited God recently to renew my mind with truth and to replace all of the lies that I've allowed to have strongholds in my mind to replace those strongholds with his truth. And uh, Craig's book is helping me as I've been reading his book and and diving into it. It's helping me uh, guide me through this process of destroying these strongholds in my life. And I hope that it'll help you too. I hope that at least these next three weeks will help you. Because today we're going to lay the foundation. And this is the most important part. You know, if you're going to build anything, a strong foundation is huge. 
and, and it will build, will build upon it in the weeks to come so that we can win the war that's happening in our mind and change our thinking. So we can get rid of the stinking thinking and move to more living in our lives. So I hope you're ready. And here's the two foundational thoughts that I want you to think about. You might want to write them down. The first one is this. Uh, the first one is identify the biggest stronghold that is holding you back. Identify the biggest stronghold that is holding you back. Like what is it? Remember the strongholds that we talked about. It's that thing that's holding you prisoner. It's that thing that's locked in by a lie. It's the thing that Satan has whispered in your ear, the lie that he's whispered in your ear that you've believed for maybe for years that that's to be true and it's not. So what is the biggest mental stronghold that's holding you back? And maybe it could be things like, well, I'm not good enough. Maybe you've thought for years, I'm not good enough. Maybe since you were a child, you've been told you're not good enough. Or maybe your, your stronghold is, well, my past, Pastor Rick, my past is too bad for God to use me. God can never use me because of my past. Or maybe it's, I can't trust people around me. Maybe that's the lie. Or maybe it's, I'm always going to have battle with my weight. Me and my, my weight are always going to be doing battle. Or maybe the stronghold is, I'm never going to be good with my money. Or maybe it's, I can never be close to God or all of my relationships are, are, are going to break, break down. Or maybe your, your thought is, I only date psychos and that's just the way it's been. I don't know. I don't know what your strongholds are, right? But if you find yourself identifying with negative thoughts, what I want to, you to do is to embrace the reality. And this is important. I want you to embrace, embrace the reality that your negative thoughts are changing the chemical makeup of your brain. You're like, what? Your negative thoughts are changing the chemical makeup of your brain. You're like, I didn't know I was coming to science class today. Just hold on, buckle up. So it's true though. Every thought, and this is scientifically proven, that every thought creates a neurochemical change in your body. Every negative thought create, or every thought creates a neurochemical change in your body either for good or for bad. And when, when you think a positive thought, and I love this, when you think a positive thought, you get a surge of rewarding neurotransmitters. And they're releasing a very legal and very powerful drug called dopamine into your system. And so every time your brain drops some dro dopamine, you get this buzz or this thrill or this, this good feeling in your, in your, in your brain. And, uh, and some, uh, someone you like, maybe someone you like and respect comments on when your latest Instagram posts and you get some dopamine. Or, or maybe someone says, oh, girl, your hair looks so good today, and you get some dopamine, right? Or Jen texts me and says, thinking about you, come home soon, dopamine, right? It just drops in. It's a positive surge that releases in your brain. And, and what's interesting is more often, uh, the more often you think a thought... Science tells us the easier it is to think that thought again. Think about that for a minute. The more often you think a thought, science tells us that it's easier to think that thought again. So once you think a thought, you're creating a neural pathway. And so it looks like that. You're creating all these neural pathways in your brain. And we literally have billions, not millions, but billions of neural pathways going on in our brain. And the more often we think a thought the easier it is to think it again. And before long, whatever we've been thinking about becomes our default thought. 
So if you think about something over and over and over again, it creates this path in your brain and it becomes your default thought. It becomes a stronghold if it's a lie. And if you believe a lie long enough, guess what? You start to be impacted as if that lie were true. You get stuck in a rut. And it works like this. And let me just give you an example. If I walked out in my front yard, and I walked from my front yard from my, in the grass to my mailbox every day for 100 days, the same path every day for 100 days, guess what would happen? I would create this rut or this path in my yard that the grass would be indented there. There would be this trail from my front door to my mailbox because I walked that path every day for 100 days straight. In my mind, if for 100 days straight I think on a lie, the same thing happens in our brain. I start to believe the lie and I create a pathway through my brain. And that's a problem. If with God's help, and with God's help, we must do, what we must do is renew our minds. Because a lot of us have these ruts in our minds of negative thoughts that we've bought into. These lies that we've believed in and we've created these neural pathways in our brain that say that lie is now true. And it becomes a stronghold in our brain. And so to get rid of the lie, here's what we have to do. We got to stay off the old path. Just like if I wanted to get rid of that path in my yard, what I'd have to do is start a new path, right? Like I would have to stop walking the same path to get my mail, and I'd have to start walking a new path. And that's exactly what happens, because if I, if I avoid that path for 100 days, what happens is the grass starts to grow back, uh, uh, and, and it's not as easy to walk anymore because there's no longer a path there, and I forge this new path. And that's what we got to do in our brains. We've got to forge this new pathway in, in our brain, that, and it's called truth. And why truth? Because the truth, the Bible tells us that truth ultimately sets us free. And so we got to take and get rid of the old way of thinking, the stinking thinking, and we got to replace it with truth. And this is science. And, and, and it's godly because God created science. And Romans tells us this, and Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he tells us to do this. He says, do not, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. mind. Start a new path that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're staying off the destructive negative path and we're creating a new path, a pathway of truth in our minds. And I don't know how this is going to play out in your life, but let me just give you an example. Maybe, maybe your path is something like this. Maybe it's a, it's a frustrating day at work, and maybe you've had a long day at work, and you come home, and it's been a, a crazy day at home. Maybe your spouse has been home all day, and it's been crazy for them. And you walk in, and your old path says to yell at your spouse, that's what your old past says. It says, yell at your spouse and yell at the kids. Tell them to be quiet. And, and so, but if you're going to start this new path, then here's what you got to do. You got to capture every thought. Paul told us in, chapter, in verse 5 to capture every thought. And for you, that might mean you need to count, right? Like you might need to count to three. You're like, I'm going to start a new path. I'm not going to go home and yell at my spouse and yell at my kids. So I'm going to start this new path. So when I get home, uh, when I walk through the door, I'm going to count to three or maybe 10 or maybe a thousand. Maybe some of you need to count to a thousand. And, uh, and, 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 and you say a prayer. And instead, 
you walk a different path and, and you come up and you say that you're sorry to your spouse that they had a long day and that you tell them I had a hard day too and then you hug them and you hug it out and you change the tone of your home by changing the path in your brain. And so maybe, maybe here's yours. Maybe uh, you feel bad about yourself and here's your path. Like here's the path that you've been living that when you feel bad about yourself, there's a direct path to the freezer. And there's this path that you've worn to the freezer. And when you feel bad about yourself, you eat ice cream because ice cream makes you feel better. And, but then at the, after you eat ice cream, you feel worse because you just ate a whole gallon of milk, mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream and your stomach hurts now too. So not only do you feel bad about yourself, but you feel bad because your stomach hurts because your path, your way you've been living is that when you feel bad about yourself, you go eat ice cream. And what you're doing now is you got to create a new path. Instead of walking to the freezer when you feel bad about yourself, you walk outside. Maybe you go to the front yard. Maybe you take a little walk. Maybe you do a little exercise. And when you exercise, guess what happens? You get that fantastic legal drug called dopamine dropping down in you. And you start to feel good again. And you start to feel good about yourself. And you feel better about yourself. And you create this new path. And so to think in a different way, we're going to have to forge a new path to our brain because the more you walk the path, the easier it, is, it becomes to travel. And, and the more you stay off the old one, the harder it is to think those same thoughts again. You see, our thought life is so powerful. And once we allow these lies into our brain, they create this negative path. And the only way to get out of that negative path is to create a new path that's based and built on biblical truth. And so here's your assignment for this week. Your assignment is to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. Just think about what you think about and what's the biggest stronghold that's holding you back in your life. Just one. Like we're not going to cover all 165 of them. I just, we're just going to look at one this week. And I want you to identify what's the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. And start with that one. And so think about, what is it for you? You might battle with your identity. You might feel like, I'm just not lovable. You might feel like, uh, like, like maybe uh, you might wrongly believe that you'll never be good enough. Or maybe you, you feel like, I don't deserve anything good in my life. Or maybe you say, I'll always be broke. Or maybe you feel helpless or hopeless or worthless. Like life is pointless. Why do I need, why do I even exist? Identify the stronghold. Identify the stronghold, the lie in your life, and name it. And this is huge. Like Uncle Larry would tell me this too. He'd say, it doesn't exist until you write it down. So name it. I want you to name whatever that stronghold is and write it down. Because we cannot defeat what we're not willing to define. So identify the biggest stronghold. And then here's the second thing. The second part of your assignment is this. Name the truth that's going to demolish the stronghold. Name the truth that's going to demolish that stronghold. And why does truth matter? Why is it so important that we replace the lie with truth? Well, Jesus told us in John chapter 8, verse 32, he said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, the lie puts you into spiritual bondage. The lies that you're believing in your mind, they're holding you captive. And some of you are living a life based on a lie. 
And when you know the truth, here's what happens. The truth begins to set you free. When I was in high school, uh, my mom, she's watching, she caught me skipping school. And it was the craziest thing. I skipped school, and uh, it wasn't my first time skipping school, but she came to my school that day to get me to sign some paperwork that she needed for insurance. And so the lady in the attendance office went up to, sent the student up to get me. The student came back and said, Rick's not in class. And my mom said, what do you mean Rick's not in class? And the attendant, she goes, Tell, uh, show me how many times he's been absent. So the lady pulled out my, my file, and I had been absent a few times. I had gotten into the habit of skipping school, and, and, uh, and I had written letters uh, and forged my mom's name. And uh, my mom was more upset that I misspelled the word business every time <laughs> than she was that I skipped school because my letters were the same every time. My son, Rick Connor, is not in school today because he is on family busyness instead of business. And so my mom caught me, and she told me, she said, listen, she said, here's what I've done. I made a deal with the attendance lady, and the attendance lady is going to call me every time you're absent from school. She's going to call me at work every time you're absent from school to make sure that your absence is legit. And if it's not legit, you are grounded for life. And I believed her. I totally believed her, and I never skipped school again. Years later, she told me, you know what, Rick? I never told the attendance lady that. She lied to me. But I believed the lie, right? Like, I believed the lie, and I never skipped school again. Never. The rest of my senior year, I was in school every single day. And some of us, because I was afraid of my mom, which is healthy, by the way, but some of us, we don't have what God wants us to have, and we're, because, and we're not living the life that God wants us to live because we're believing a lie. We're believing a lie, and we're believing in a lie. But when we know the truth, here's the promise, that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free from the lie that you're believing. And Paul tells us this. He's very clear. He says, whatever the stronghold is that is holding you a prisoner in your mind, we got to demolish it. He says, you got to get rid of the strongholds in your mind. And he says in verse 5, let me just read it again. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Those are the lies that we believe. And we take captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. He's saying, listen, we got to demolish our strongholds. We got to take captive our thoughts. Whatever that thought is, we got to take it captive. In fact, the Greek word for captive means to attack with a, a spear or a sword. And so Paul's like, listen, you got to hack the lie to death. You got to get rid of it. You got to attack it with everything that you have. And when we talk about weapons, he started in verse three by telling us that the weapons that we fight, we got to remember that those weapons are not of this world. Like we don't fight with, with guns and we don't fight with, with weapons like knives and swords. Ephesians six even tells us that we've got spiritual armor, right? Paul tells us that we got this armor and we have the helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the shield of faith. We've got the belt of truth and the shoes that uh, um, are prepared for the, with the gospel and the readiness of peace. But then all of those 
are defensive weapons. All of those are things that are used to defend. You use a shield to defend. You use a helmet to protect. But then we have one offensive weapon. We have one weapon that we use to, uh, to, to slay the lies in our lives, and it's the sword of the Spirit. And you know what the sword of the Spirit is? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And Paul says, listen, you've got the most powerful weapon on earth. It's called the Bible. And he says, if you'll use the Bible, it is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it will cut away the lies of the enemy. And so we've got to let God's word take captive any lies that are holding us hostage. We just have to do that. So what is your stronghold? What is your stronghold? What's the dominant lie in your spiritual, um, that, the, that your spiritual enemy has tried to use to destroy your faith? Kill your relationships. Rob you of intimacy that God wants you to have with him. What's that stronghold that you're believing that is a lie? One of the lies that I've identified as I've been working on this, and one of the things that I've discovered that I need to work on, one of the lies that is waging war in my mind is this lie that I need to be liked by everyone around me. That's a real lie in my life, that I have this feeling that I need everyone around me to like me because I tend to base my self-worth on what others think about me. And that tends to lead to me becoming a people pleaser. And, and, and I'm searching God's word right now for truth to destroy that stronghold, that lie, that pathway in my life that I have allowed that says, hey, I gotta make sure everyone likes me. I gotta make sure I do everything so that everyone likes who I am. And I found some scripture like Galatians 1.10 that reminds me that I don't need to win man's approval, but only God's approval matters. I've learned that Psalm 118, uh, verse 18 tells me that it is better to trust in God rather than to trust in man. Colossians 3.17 reminds me that I do everything for Jesus, that, that he's who ultimately matters. And that's just one of the many lies that have taken my life captive. And I'll share more of them with you in the weeks ahead. And, and I'm working, though, really hard. I'm working on demolishing the lies that are in my life, in my thought life, with God's truth. And so what's the driving lie that's holding you back? What's the, and what's the truth that will set you free? Maybe you think, I'll never get it all done and your truth is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or, or maybe, maybe you feel like I'm never going to be attractive enough. Guess what? You might be saying to yourself, I don't like what I look like. Guess what? You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the grace of God. He's given you gifts to make a difference in the world. Or, or maybe you feel like I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be depressed. no. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Maybe the lie is that you're always gonna be alone and no, the Bible says that uh, God is with me and he never, he's never gonna leave me or forsake me. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you think you're nothing more than a victim, but God's word tells you that you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony that I'm not who others say that I am, that I'm not even uh, who the lies in my own mind say that I am. 
that I am who God says that I am and that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Listen, church, here's what you need to know today. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Can we just say that out loud together? Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what comes into your mind comes out in your life. You cannot have a positive faith-filled life if you have a negative fear-filled mind. So what are you gonna do? Number one, you're gonna capture those lies. You're gonna capture the lies. You're gonna name them. You're gonna claim them. You're gonna write them down. Number two, you're gonna replace those lies with God's truth. You're gonna replace the lies with God's truth. And by the power of God, you will not stay locked up in prison anymore. When Jesus holds the key and sets you free, you will know the truth. And the truth isn't just a concept. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus and he will set you free. You wanna win the battle that's going on in your mind. Identify the biggest stronghold. Demolish it with the truth of God's word and set on a new path, a new path because your life is only going in the direction of your strongest thought. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for just this series. I think it's an important series. God, I think many of us struggle with our thought life. I think many of us can relate to this idea of there's a battle going on in our mind and we're losing the battle. We're losing the battle because we're believing these lies. And Father, let's turn the corner over these next few weeks. I pray that every one of us, that we would stop and we would pause and we'd think about the things that we're thinking about. We identify, Lord, help us to identify the lies God, would your spirit just reach into our thoughts and make it obvious to us the lies that we're believing in? And Father, could we demolish them? Could we demolish them with the sword of your spirit, with the truth of your word? God, may we demolish them by taking the lies and taking them captive and replacing them the wisdom that comes from the Bible. Father, you've given us your word as a gift. And not only does it give us everything that we need for salvation, but it gives us everything that we need to live the life that you've called us to live. Lord, help us not to allow the evil one to rob us of that life. Father, may we daily lay our thought life on the altar, your altar. May we take captive the things that don't belong there. And may we always replace them with truth. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for Addie again. God, I'm so grateful that we got to celebrate her baptism today. God, I'm so thankful that we got to celebrate the church, the birth of the church with Pentecost and Lord, the power of your spirit falling upon the disciples and then falling upon us so that we might change the world. But Father, 
It begins in our own lives. Changing the world begins with us. It begins with us destroying the lies that are taking over our thought life. So Father, I pray that you would equip us over the next few weeks and empower us to live lives filled with truth and not lies. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, are you ready? Are you ready to win the war in your mind? Because there's a war going on whether you want to believe it or not. And I just want to equip you and empower you to overcome. Let's stand together. Let's sing this closing song together. And as we do, if you'd like to come and spend time in prayer, you're always welcome up here in the front. And we invite you to, we encourage you to. I'll be up front. If you want someone to pray with you, I'd be honored to pray with you. Uh, maybe you just want to come up and just say, God, would you just show me, reveal to me the strongholds in my life so that I can begin to destroy them this week. Let's sing together.